Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. Welcome to the How to Solve Climate Change course from Plato University. Causes, systems, obstacles, solutions to this global challenge is what you're going to learn here today. When you're ready to learn more skills, join us for free at plato.university. Let's get started with today's lesson. We'll have our expert guests briefly introduce themselves and their credentials for why they are able to speak to this topic. My name is Gabe Brown. I'm a farmer rancher from near Bismarck, North Dakota. Also one of the founding partners of Understanding Ag, which is the largest regenerative consulting company in the world and an instructor at Soil Health Academy. Could you explain succinctly to us what cattle management in regenerative agriculture is from first principles? Well, livestock are one of the, the tools that can be used to regenerate landscapes. And there's six underlying principles that are constant, no matter where you go in around the world in any ecosystem. And briefly, those principles are context. You have to work within the context of your environment, of your financial context, of your spiritual context. There is least amount of mechanical chemical disturbance possible. You know, plants put off chemical signals all the time, but not this copious amounts of synthetics that we use in agriculture today. Third principle is armor on the soil. You have to keep the soil covered. You know, nature always tries to cover the soil. You walk into prairie ecosystems or forest ecosystems, there's always armor on the soil, you know, whether it be dead plant material, leaves, etc. Yet in agriculture, we, we oftentimes leave the soil bare and that's just very destructive to ecosystem function. Next principle is that of biodiversity and you have to have biodiversity for ecosystems to function properly. By that, I mean biodiversity of life itself in the soil below their surface and above diversity of plants, animals, and insects. And then the fifth principle is living root in the soil as long as possible throughout the year. Nature always wants to be harvesting that solar energy and bringing carbon compounds in through photosynthesis, converting them into all these sugars and other compounds that the plant can use for growth and also feed soil biology. And then the final principle is that of animal and insect integration. Quite frankly, ecosystems do not function properly without animals and insects. So if you apply these six principles, you'll drive the four ecosystem processes, and that's what gives us true sustainability. Why would regenerative agriculture be a possible solution to help solve climate change? Well, first we have to define what is climate change and why are we seeing these wide swings in moisture and temperature? And personally, I don't think of it so much as the climate is changing as it's reacting to the degradation mankind has put upon our ecosystem. You know, if you have more bare soil, which we do, then you're not going to have that growing plants and you're going to negatively affect the energy cycle, the water cycle, the nutrient cycle, 
And then you have monoculture after monoculture that negatively affects biodiversity. All those things together are what, in a large part, is causing these wide swings in moisture, temperature, et cetera, which we call climate change. And then it's the destructive practices of mankind that have put approximately half carbon that was once in our soils, our agricultural soils, into the atmosphere. And the beautiful thing, though, is although agriculture was and a part of the problem, it can be a greater part of the solution. Because if we adopt the principles to drive the processes, we're going to be able to take large amounts of carbon back out of the atmosphere and put it back into the cycle, into the soil, and that'll drive positive change. Why would regenerative agriculture maybe not help to solve it or fall short of helping to solve it? Well, quite frankly, if it does fall short, it's simply because of a couple of different things. One, not enough in agriculture have adopted the principles. You know, right now it's a small percentage of agricultural land around the world is using regenerative practice. So we need greater adoption. And that goes back to education. Farmers and ranchers cannot implement what they do not know. Now, the other way it may fall short if they're simply other destructive practices that do more harm than the good that regenerative agriculture can do. But that's shame on mankind then for allowing those to happen. Speaking of the people who may be harmed or who may benefit from these practices in this solution, who are the stakeholders that this is going to help out the most and who may be harmed by this as a solution? All humans can benefit from wide-scale adoption of regenerative agriculture. Obviously, farmers and ranchers can benefit. There's studies out there that show that regenerative farmers and ranchers using regenerative practices have a 78% greater profitability. That's huge. So the farmer and rancher will benefit with increased profitability. Then you look at all the ancillary benefits of that. Cleaner air, cleaner water, less fossil fuel usage more water infiltrated into our soils, more water stored in our soils, which helps mitigate the effects of floods or droughts. And then you look at the increase in biodiversity, increase in pollinator species, predator species. You look at the fact that the phytochemical compounds in the foods we grow will increase significantly. That'll positively benefit gut microbiome leading to a much healthier population. You know, I like to think that regenerative agriculture, we find common ground for common good and it'll benefit everybody. And then there's many, many other benefits. For instance, look at the benefits to society if we are able to mitigate large amounts of flooding that occurs, large amounts of these forest fires, wildfires that occur. I mean, the benefits to society are, are almost never ending with regenerative agriculture. So everyone has a stake in it. You know, it's important to realize that the current production model came about because consumers demanded 
copious amount of food. Now, they didn't demand it to be high quality food, unfortunately. And I contend today we no longer eat food, we eat food like substance, you know, and much to the detriment of our own health. And so we need to adopt regenerative practices worldwide for us personally, for the ecosystem, and for future generations. Could you walk us through an example of how specifically using livestock and the other principles of regenerative agriculture might be done on a piece of land? Sure. That's what our firm, Understanding Ag, does is we consult with farms and ranches all over the world and help producers move down their regenerative journey. And it is a journey, not a destination. And so what we will do is a consultant will go on their farm and really get to learn their context. What is it about this farm that needs to improve? What is this farm? What type of ecological context is in that environment? How much precipitation? What are their soils like? How healthy are their soils? What's the biology in the soil like? Okay. What is that farmer or rancher's context as far as financially? You know, how much change can they handle in a given time period? And then we start them on the path methodically based on those observations. So typically we'll do a suite of soil tests and observation, which help us determine where they're at ecologically. And then we can start looking for what we call that low hanging fruit. Okay. Where can we make changes that will positively affect their bottom line and positively affect the ecosystem? That's where we start. And then we move out from there. We're very good at increasing profitability on farms and ranches. And you have to do that in order to get adoption and buy-in, so to speak, from that farmer or rancher. If they see it's positively affecting their pocketbook, then they're going to adopt these practices. So perhaps we see where they're harvesting a, a cash crop early. And then maybe that leaves a window of time where they can grow a cover crop. Then maybe we can integrate livestock onto that cover crop grazing to further enhance that biodiversity in that soil and improve the life in the soil, which will have a positive impact on the following year's cash crop. So that's what we look at. Where can we make those small changes initially to benefit both their bottom line and the ecosystem? Were these processes to be widely adopted or um, work better for other farmers and ranchers? What innovation or policy needs to be put in place? That's one of the things about context. A farmer or rancher really does not have to go make whole sale change to their, their farming or ranching operation. In other words, they don't have to sell a certain line of equipment and buy another line of equipment. No, we can start where they're at and just slowly make change. And then due to the increased profitability, they're able to fund that themselves. Government policy, unfortunately, you know, speaking in the United States, the federal farm program is often very antagonistic to these regenerative principles and, and practices. And 
I think we're kidding ourselves if we see we're going to, if we say we're going to see massive change in government policy. Now, that doesn't mean we don't try. And there's many people trying to slowly make change. But, you know, the way the political winds shift every four to eight years, it's tough to get meaningful change there. So I think the change is coming from a grassroots level. Farmers and ranchers wanting to change, knowing that they need to change in order to survive and because it's the right thing to do. And then I think we're seeing a driving force from the consumers themselves. The consumers are going, no, we need nutrient-dense food. We need food that is that is grown and raised in a way that is ecologically responsible and also provides the nutrition that we need as a consumer. And so we're seeing those things drive change faster than we're really seeing technology advance and certainly faster than we see the government moving to help us. What are the best resources to learn more about regenerative agriculture? Yeah, great question. And, you know, I tell people that I started down this path so many years ago, I had to go to the library and use the Dewey Decimal System to look up cover crops, you know. Now, with the technology and the internet and what's available today, all they have to do is Google soil health and they would find no end to the uh, amount of YouTube videos and information. They can go to our Understanding Ag website, our Soil Health Academy dot uh, org website, and find case studies and webinars and a lot of useful information. There's really no excuse now, this day and age, for farmers or ranchers to not have access to the information they need. Right now, you're speaking to passionate students who want to actually solve problems like these. What top three skills should they study so that they actually have the ability to do so? I like talking to students and, and you know, telling them that there is a myriad of opportunities in the regenerative space. The first thing they have to do is they have to think holistically. You know, so often in, uh, as we learn, we have very linear thinking and we tend to break it down and only look at one thing. Well, an object seen in isolation from the whole is not the real thing because every little thing you do affects multiple other things. So we, we have to change the way we see things. We have to look at things holistically. I also tell them they have to be a keen observer. You know, for years, we ran an internship program on our ranch. And the first week, I would always send the interns out into a pasture, into a cropland field with a notebook. They couldn't take a radio or their cell phone or anything. And they had to write down everything they observed, you know, through all of their senses, you know, and what that taught them that, you know, in regenerative agriculture, you're working with life and that life is forever changing and it's complex, but it's not complicated. And you have to know what you're observing. You know, those are two of the key factors. The other thing is, is keep an open mind. You know, don't think that you know everything. 
I mean, here I am 62 years old and I learn new things every day that, that I didn't know before. And the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. <laughs> and, you know, we have to be humble enough to realize that. Any final recommendations for the audience? What I tell all audiences, make a difference. Take it upon yourself to make a difference, whether that be in your own diet, where you source the food that you eat or help others, you know, educate yourself. You cannot drive change if you're not educated. You need to educate yourself as to what are the four ecosystem processes and how do they work? And then what can I do to make it different? Thank you, Gabe. Now let's practice this skill. Imagine you're designing a regenerative agriculture plan for a small farm. Outline practices such as the ones discussed in this lesson to enhance soil health and reduce emissions. Thank you for taking the How to Solve Climate Change course. If you want to learn the skills to solve this global challenge, join us for free at Plato.University for exclusive content, extra resources, and actionable exercises with every lesson. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at Plato.University.